The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. In his playing days, he was known as the Igniter. Now, he's here to kickstart your Sunday Twins fix. It's the Paul Molitor Show. You, know, you can hit a mistake a long way. It's, it's, it's fun to watch. There's not a lot of guys who can close on balls like that. It was quite a play. Just a dominant start by him. The Paul Molitor Show is sponsored by Killabrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Now, here are the hosts of the Paul Mahler Show, Chris Atterbury and Jack Morris. Hey, good morning. Happy Sunday. Hall of Fame weekend continues here at Target Field. Paul Molitor's in studio. Jack Morris is in studio. Killebrew Root Beer is made in Minnesota. How memories are created and legends are made. And gentlemen, good morning. A gorgeous day yesterday. The weather was perfect. Uh, the ceremony was perfect. Michael Kadire's speech was perfect. And Paul, the ball game was about as perfect as you could ask for here in late August. It was a really, really good day. I think you uh, summarized it very well. You know, really, really happy for Michael Kadire. What he's meant to this organization, uh, obviously a high-class player who, you know, got was a big contributor to a lot of postseason clubs and uh, did some tremendous work in our community. So I thought that was special to have all the Twins Hall of Famers out there. You know, it always you know kind of gives you that little tingling feeling. You just see them all collected on one in one spot, and we had a really good game. You know, Jose went out there, and uh, you know, it's not about beating Grinky, it's about going out there and pitching your game against the Arizona Diamondbacks, and, you know, he was good from the beginning. I really liked how he attacked, established his fastball. Uh, I don't think he threw his first change up to the third or fourth inning. You know, he was just going to do that, and, and it proved to be a really good formula for success for him. Paul, without dwelling on the series against Cleveland, uh, this ball club has really played well here in the last couple of weeks, and uh, certainly has taken it to Arizona in the first two games to guarantee a win of the series. Uh, what is it about the offense? Is it the fact that the young kids are starting to feel a little confidence and going out there with that attack mode? I, I think, obviously, confidence with young players, maybe more so than guys who have been up and down, and they understand that there's some you know, ebb and flow to the game, and, and that's been a big part of it. But just you know, as a side note, those Cleveland games, they, they ended up kind of ugly, those couple of losses, but you know, we were right there through six or seven and, and just you know, couldn't finish those games. But I, I like how we bounced back again to salvage that last game and had a couple of really nice games here against uh, the Diamondbacks. The, the first game of the series was, you know, just fun baseball. You know, watching guys run around and a lot of loud sounds coming off the bat and pitching doing its job. So, uh, but yeah, your original comments about our young guys, you know, when you see Polanco kind of being who we think he can be and Rosario's, I don't know, he's probably as confident i've ever seen him at the, at the box he's very rarely chasing he had one last night in the first inning where you know it was a big pitch for me he swung at strike strike one in the dirt and a bases loaded situation and then he had to make an adjustment and Grinky got in on his hands but i you know just without too many details these young guys are playing loose they're picking each other up and it's a good mix to try to win ball games the guy that's probably the most exciting of everyone when he's playing the way he has lately is byron buxton and the fact that you know, he can make a, a single into a triple and really ignite uh, the the guys in the dugout. i, I got to believe that that's an exciting thing to be a part of. It's fun to watch uh, him play the game. Um, you know, I had the pleasure of watching him a lot in the minor leagues. And, you know, it was early on that you understood that this was a guy who can do things on a baseball field that few before him have done or can do it now. Uh, I remember some of the triples he hit down there. At, you know, they'd be in the gap and they let the center fielder would be shaded towards where the ball was, and he'd he'd hit that extra gear between yeah. first and second, <laughs> and it, it was no contest. And 
you know, now we're starting to see a little more consistent contact, and I, I think he's feeling a lot better about his swing. And it just helps balance out our lineup. You know, I, I'm not too much in a hurry to change him much. We've kind of inched him up a little bit today. He's a different spot given the fact we've got kind of a, a you know, an adjustment day with a couple of people being down. But, um, yeah, he's been a big part of our offensive resurgence. I want to hit one more time on what Jack was talking about, and, and I want to go back to what you just referenced, all the time you spent in the minor leagues with these guys because you've seen them from the raw early stages and now managing them as a core, as major leaguers. When you look at what Max, Eddie, Jorge, Byron, we'll throw Miguel in there, are doing right now, um, they're obviously on hot streaks. But more than just streaky, I don't feel like they're above their heads, right? This is more who you kind of expected they would be. Now, you don't expect them to hit 400 every month, but is this more who you expected they could be? Are they playing two what you thought they could be as opposed to playing over their heads right now? Well, you know, projecting is a tough business, and and I'm way down the list of people that have any feel for that. Uh, But you look for, you know, raw skills. You look, you know, uh, for uh, characteristics of makeup that would complement physical skills. And I think these guys all, you know, received high grades from the get-go because of our trust in the people that they were going to become as well as their abilities that they could bring out to the baseball field. And it, everyone kind of develops at a different rate. You know, you don't don't have a magical formula. You know, you're not sure how long it's going to take. But as they start to gel, uh, this core group is, is proving to be what a lot of people thought they would be a long time ago. Yeah, very well said. We'll take our first break. We'll come back, uh, talk more about today and what's in store in the coming week for the Minnesota Twins. It's the Paul Molitor Show on your home for Twins Baseball. This is Joe Maurer. You're listening to the home for the Minnesota Twins. Go 96.3. You're listening to the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Sunday morning tradition, the Paul Molitor Show, brought to you by Kilber Root Beer, made in Minnesota, how memories are created, legends are made. Jack Morris and Paul Molitor, a couple of Minnesota-made legends here in studio. And you reference your lineup. It's a little different here today. You've got some some stuff you're dealing with in terms of availability. And also, Arizona waited till literally after the game last night to decide who was going to pitch. They had some things in flux. They'll go with the lefty, T.J. McFarland, a guy who we saw with the Orioles, I think as a Rule 5 guy a couple of years ago, who could be tough out of the bullpen at that point in time. What are you dealing with in terms of availability with your roster? Uh, well, in McFarland's case, I, I give uh, the Diamondbacks credit. They did give us a heads-up yesterday that if McFarland didn't get in the game, he most likely would start today, and that's sure enough, that's what they they went with. Uh, Miguel's getting an MRI this morning on uh, on his lower left leg, and, and we're hoping that we don't see anything that's uh, too concerning, and that we can get him back feeling uh, well quickly, so we don't lose him for too long a period of time. And, uh, you know, Castro's been catching a lot with the lefty today. He's out, and, and Joe... Always a tough one to take him out of the lineup. He's been having really good at bats, but he's played four games in the last three days. And with, you know, like I always say, we got 40 games to go. We don't have four games to go. You, you try to keep that in mind, especially with the doubleheader tomorrow. And so the lineup looks a little different today. Uh, you know, Dozier and Rosario will be one, two. Buxton's going to get a chance to hit higher up today, uh, given the need, and he's going to hit third. Eskill hit cleanup. Mitch Garver gets his first start today, uh, playing first base. And we'll have Polanco, Kepler, Jimenez will catch, and Adrianza to round out the bottom of the lineup. So, uh, yeah, you know, I, I think everyone's feeling good. Everyone's been stepping up, whether it's been bullpen, whether it's been offensive players. And uh, a little different look today, but hopefully it's it's successful. You talked yesterday a little bit about uh, the great effort from your starting pitcher, Jose Barrero. Uh, i got to ask you, how does a kid have – 
struggles in back-to-back starts like he did the previous two and then go out, is it just getting the confidence back in that fastball where he goes out and attacks his zone and, you know, all of a sudden it seems like his breaking ball's crisper, guys are a little bit tricked and fooled. Uh, I saw a lot of... A lot of guys just bail out of the box yeah. with that breaking ball yesterday. Well, I, you know, I, I, I thought two games was too much to consider the trend. You know, I think it probably plays in the mind of a young starter a little bit when you've had a couple of five spots against you in the first inning, back-to-back games. Uh, but, you know, you can break it down. It's, it's a fine line of, of giving up zero or one runs or, or compared to five. You know, we, we didn't make a play in the in the first start where he gave up five and, you know, he didn't make a pitch, a grand slam, and, and then, you know, you find yourself with a big deficit. In the second game, he made a few more mistakes. But I think the mindset, the message, everything last night was about establish that fastball. Uh, the one comment Neil made to me uh, before the game was his warm-up, uh, his, his bullpen before the game, he, he was getting on top of his fastball with a good angle, and it was really coming out of his hand. And the message, again, was to just make sure he went out there and established that early. And he, he took that to heart, and that's what he did. And I think that was the big key to him have a good night. Yeah, yeah baseball is such a funny game, Paul. And the starting pitching had really been struggling, even while the team was winning games. And you were really going into the bullpen early. And who gets you back on the rails? But, of course, it would be a guy you just call up from AAA. 6'10", Aaron Sleggers yeah. comes out of nowhere and just starts filling up the strike zone early in a ball game. Uh, and can that be contagious, too, because we've seen a couple of strong starts? Well, th- those starts along the way are, are big lifts for your team. You know, we've had to use a tremendous amount of people throughout the year. You know, I think we're up tied to the club record for amount of players we've used, including pitchers. But, you know, early in the year we had to spot start some guys, and it didn't go particularly well. And, and then Sleggers comes up and, and does more that we could have possibly hoped for. So it, it shows well for him. I think he, you earn respect when you can do that and help your team out. You know, he's obviously had a good year in AAA. And uh, one of those guys that you would think that's a, a nice part of your the depth of your pitching that you have moving forward. And as you mentioned with Corey yesterday, Tim Melville's the next guy who's going to be called upon to come up and help you out. Doubleheader coming up. Uh, this week. What do you know about Melville? Well, he's got a little big, big league time. Uh, you know, didn't go particularly well. It was a short stint. I think it was Cincinnati yep. last mm-hmm. year and then, you know, independent ball and all those things. But, uh, you know, 27-year-old guy who's, you know, he's, he's not a kid. I, we know he knows how to pitch. His, uh, you know, the downfall, I think, of his progression and along the way was command of his fastball. Uh, we've seen, you know, much improvement in that area, and, and he's been pitching really well, probably as anybody down there on that staff. And, and with the need, uh, that's the direction we're going to go for t- tomorrow. We'll take a break. That's the direction we'll go right now. We'll come back more with Paul and Jack on your home for Twins Baseball. Hey, we're Colony House, and you're on the home for the Minnesota Twins. Go Radio. It's the Paul Molitor Show. It's brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. How memories are created and legends are made. And we've got uh, Jack Morris in studio, Paul Molitor in studio. Diamondbacks today to wrap up interleague play, and then it's uh, it's on to a pretty grueling part of the schedule. And this is where, you, I guess, you have to pay the piper for some of those early off days, uh, courtesy of the weather. And this Chicago series, Paul, I know you're focused only on Arizona today, but as you head into this week, who knows, right? They, they're young, and they're, they've changed everything over. And does that make it more difficult for you and your staff to prepare for a series when when it's turned over as much as it has there, you've got incredibly young, talented guys, which always can lead to to inconsistencies. Well, as I say, don't worry about tomorrow. Today <laughs> today has enough concerns of its own, you know. But uh, 
Yeah, let, let's hope today is another really good day for us. Uh, you know, with Cologne out there, we, we'd love to have the chance to go out there and finish the homestand 4-2 and two and and take some more uh, of the recent momentum into the Chicago series. Uh, you know, the White Sox, you know, I, I consider them very dangerous. Um, you know, a lot of kids getting a chance to play with some of the moves they've made. Maybe not a lot of pressure to win right now, which probably is good for some of their younger players to just go out there and show what they can do. Uh, but you play five games in a visiting ballpark in four days. It's going to have its challenges, starting with a doubleheader tomorrow. So uh, we'll just have to go one game at a time, line them up the best we can, and, and hopefully find a way to keep winning some games. It's It's been a lot of fun. You know, we're getting close to the end of August, and things are still tight in a lot of different ways. And, uh, you know, it's, it's good to be in the mix. Paul, let's refer back to today's game. Uh, you got the veteran, Bartolo Colon, pitching again today. Uh, had a little bump in the road last time out, but you mentioned during the break that uh, he's got some experience against this Arizona team and uh, the fact that uh, he's the least of your concerns, really, as a starter. And a lot of people raised their eyebrows when the yeah. Twins signed him. So uh, you got to feel well, pretty good about I, what he can do. Yeah, it, w- it wasn't a token signing or marketing or anything like that. We, we had a need, and he has stepped up and delivered a lot of nice games for us. And and even the other night, you know, as you know, as a starting pitcher, if, if the home runs you give up are solo shots, you know, they're going to happen. That means you're trying to fill the zone up and, and make sure you don't give free base on balls and things like that. Um, we faced some good pitching against Cleveland, and, you know, he, he got his pitch count up there a little bit more than he had in his previous couple starts prior. But uh, I, I still thought it was a decent outing. You know, we just got him out of there a little bit earlier because of pitch count. So I'm sure he's excited to face the Diamondbacks. I, I think I heard something about this might be one of the few teams he doesn't have a win only against. Only team he hasn't beaten. Yeah. yeah, so a little extra incentive. I don't think that will be the, the main the main theme of the day, but it will be fun to go out there and, and watch him pitch and hopefully have a chance to complete that. Not, not a lot of guys can have that on their resume. Yeah, one thing that, that he does, and it's so fun when he's going, I, I think back to the Milwaukee game, he's in the dugout just kind of lounging, throwing the ball up, playing catch with himself, throwing the ball up. And just a, a, a there's a everything's okay, we're going to be fine vibe coming off of Bartolo Colon. I, I think up. of everybody in our clubhouse, I've talked to him the least. You know, he, I, he doesn't really avoid me, but, doesn't, you know, it's just kind of one of those things. He just calls me Hefe and keep, goes on his business. But, you know, he's got his routines each and every day. I see him kind of checking in with guys. And, uh, you know, he loves to get out there. And every day we have early BP, he's out there in left center field shagging balls up against the wall. He's just He just likes being around the ballpark. And, uh, you know, when he pitches, I, I don't think he has any serious routines where you got to stay away from him. It's just another day, and he gets a chance to go out there and does what he does. i got to believe, at his ripe old age of 44 and all the experience and time that he's put in at the big league level, if you don't have that confidence and feeling of routine by now, you're never going to have it. Yeah, he, he's, uh, you know, he had to recreate himself a little sure. bit along the way in terms of how he's used his stuff, you know, velocity. He was, he was a dominant, hard-throwing pitcher for a long time, and, and somewhere along the way, as the velocity started to diminish, you know, he learned how to get a little bit more movement, uh, trust some of his other pitchers a little bit more. It, it's it's pretty amazing for a guy to be doing what he's done for, and for how long as he's done it. So hopefully he's got, uh, you know, four or five more good ones in him here as we wind down this season. Yeah, we'll see uh, today, Cologne against the Diamondbacks. We'll take one final break. Come back with Paul Molitor for one final segment. It's the Paul Molitor Show, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Man in Minnesota, how memories are created and legends are made on your home for Twins baseball.
Hey, we're Ben, Dane, and Giselle. You're listening to the Alternative Channel at 96.3. Your home for Twins Baseball. Welcome back to the Paul Molitor Show. Jack Morris is here. Paul Molitor is here. Twins and Diamondbacks today. This afternoon, we've got Inside Twins. Free games at 1230. And then just before first pitch from Bartolo Colon today, Andy McPhail into the Twins Hall of Fame. Michael Kadaya was outstanding yesterday. Great to see so many faces back uh, from uh, you know Twins, to Twins history, some integral figures in Twins history, not just the Hall of Famers, but others who were here for that induction. And, guys, Andy McPhail goes in today, obviously the architect of – uh, the only two trophies that they they have in this stadium, you're gonna you're gonna get your just rewards. What are your thoughts, your your memories, your experiences with uh, with Andy McPhail? Besides well, being on the other end of uh, some of those games uh, yeah. in Milwaukee and Detroit. Well, Jack probably knows him a little better than I do. I've obviously been around Andy a lot through the through the years and decades. Uh, you know, I, I think young executives in the game have gotten a lot of attention in the last 10, 15 years. But he was kind of ahead of his time. I mean, he was brought in as a relatively young man to kind of orchestrate what took place here in the Twins organization and was very successful. I, I'm, I'm really happy for him that the Twins are paying tribute to him today with a, you know, a, a pretty exclusive club of the Twins Hall of Fame, and I know he's honored to be here today. It's, uh, like I said, the Hall of Fame weekend. I think it's great for our current players to kind of watch. Uh, Dave St. Peter has been instrumental in, in, in making sure that, you know, the, the links from our history from generation to generation has been more visible for our players currently. And I think they take to that. I love watching our guys come out and watch these various ceremonies, whether it's reunions or the inductions, and just to get a feel of, of what's taken place and some of the guys that have paved the road, road for them to be here. Paul, does uh, do the Brewers have a, a Hall of Fame? Uh, they have a, a like a Walk of Fame out walk there. Fame. Yeah, the I don't know. Wall of I, Honor? I yeah. That's what uh, Toronto has. Detroit has nothing like that. And my question to you is, as we watch this, I, I love it. I love what Dave has done, uh, and we have to credit him probably more than anybody else for uh, for really inst- 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 instituting this into the Twins organization. But, you know, the guys that have finally getting the, a, a day to be honored sure. uh, for their contribution, Michael Goddard, like, like uh, mm-hmm. we just talked about, was just outstanding yesterday, and we know him as a human being, and they don't get much better than that. Andy McPhail, like you mentioned, young guy that uh, – that was able to bring two world championships. Uh, you know, I personally had some experience. I would have loved to have been a part of uh, the 87 team, but that was another chapter in my book someday. And I'll, I'll be talking to him about Andy and that one quite a bit. But I did finally get to convince him to be a part of it. And, you know, all I remember is I didn't talk to him much. He was he was leading the team, but I think uh, Tom Kelly probably had more to say than anybody to Andy McPhail about how that team was run. Well, I- Obviously, TK's influence was uh, was tremendous in, in probably helping Andy along. They probably worked together hand-in-hand on some of those things they were able to accomplish. But as you speak to uh, teams that do and, and, and don't as far as honoring their, their history, I, I think that what we've done here, including the Hall of Fame, is uh, it's been you know just a tremendously positive thing. I, I love the fact when we build this ballpark, the wall murals that display some of the history. You walk around the various concourses and pictures of guys from generation to generation. Uh, just bridges it all together. I think we should be proud of the Twins' history. You know, going back to '61, and you know, here we are, some 56 years later, and we're still going strong. So uh, today's a good day. Looking forward to watching Andy's induction. Yeah, I think Paul, you were spot on with what, with how your team, your current team, responds. I think that's neat to watch. 
It was fun for me to look down from upstairs last night, see Nick Punto sitting in there next to Joe Maurer and, and Dozier's down the road from them up on the uh, on the railing and whatnot. And, Jack, speaking of links, did I see a picture of you throwing a first pitch to Brian Harper this week? Yeah, yeah. That was <laughs> Where was, pretty, what was that all about? That was down in uh, Charlotte, uh, North Carolina. I was just uh, at a triple-A game down there, and Harp was uh, the hitting coach for, for the uh, Toledo Mudhens. So he came out to catch the first pitch, even though he was on the opposing team. And that was good to see him. But, you know, that that's what we're talking about yeah. when we talk about Hall of Fame. And, and I'm really impressed with uh, seeing some of the young twins get out there and participate, at least pay attention. You know, baseball is, is a game that I think the, the more you play it, the more you appreciate the history of it. And sometimes in a generation that is today's generation, it takes a while for them to appreciate it. But I, I see them as confidence grows, as they're starting to play better baseball, as they're getting more time in the big leagues. They're also spending more time yeah. understanding what the what this organization is sure. all about. Uh, a couple quick comments. As far as, as, as Harp was concerned, uh, he helped me with my two-strike approach. I watched the way he hit and battled, and, you know, I tried to use some of the things that I thought he was doing. Uh, and as far as our, our, young, our young players, I hope that some of them, and I have the feeling that they do, think that they have a chance to be out there one day yeah. and, and be a part of that uh, on the receiving end, which is great. Uh, they see what it means to the individual and the families, and Michael's speech last night was so good, talking about relationships and kind of challenged our young players a little bit. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's a great thing for our players to be a part of. Very well said. Brian Harper, two-strike approach. That's yeah. uh, tidbits here. Fiddler. You, never you can know, fiddle them in. Never know what we're <laughs> going to come up with on a Sunday morning. Paul, best of luck today, and uh, take care of the uh, Diamondbacks with Bartolo on sounds, the Hill. Sounds good, guys. Always great to have everybody here in studio. Reminder, we've got a full day for you this afternoon inside Twins with Corey Provis. We're going to induct Andy McPhail into the Twins Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah, there's baseball today as well right here on your home for Twins Baseball.